Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome, great to have you with us on this Thursday on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by the great people at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, great deals. Talk to the sales staff. They'll work great, great deals for you. And a fabulous service department all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. John Huffnagel. Brian Gelsheiser, Jair Brown. Like, okay, what does that mean? They all either wore or currently now wear 16. 16 days of the start of Penn State football. Last night, after practice, James Franklin had an opportunity to talk with the media, starting last night with Ben Jones of StateCollege.com. How's it going, James? Hey, Ben. How are you, buddy? Good. It feels weird not to be outside Lash. I almost just drove over to just do it on my laptop from out there, but... Yeah, it, it is strange. There's no doubt about it. But I appreciate everybody getting on. Um, I want to take you back a few years to, to 2012 when you were at Vanderbilt. You opened against South Carolina when South Carolina was ranked eighth and then went to Northwestern. And I'm curious, what are the challenges of the lead up to a year when maybe you don't have the sort of traditional, uh, you know, the few weeks to kind of ease yourself into things? Obviously, you take non-conference seriously, but there's a big difference between you know, having those games and maybe jumping right into it. What are sort of the challenges when you know that's what you're facing? Yeah, it's it's different. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that are different, you know, and we, we haven't traditionally scheduled that way, um, not only since I've been here, but before I got here. Uh, typically some out-of-conference games to, to start the season. So it is very different. Um and I think there's a lot of things, Ben, that are different. It's opening with a conference opponent uh, right right from week one. Uh, very different than the NFL where you typically would get preseason games. Very different than college where you would typically, not all the time, but typically get out of conference games. Uh, um, and then obviously we also have the stadium, you know, issue. Um, you know, it, it obviously we all know Beaver Stadium with no one in there uh, is is very different, and not just for the visiting team, you know, coming, uh, also for what we're used to. So, you know, we're going to start practicing like that. We're going to start practicing in Beaver Stadium a little bit more. We're going to start uh, turning the music off, where usually we spend so much time trying to get prepared for crowd noise and things like that. Uh, these are all things that you know we're just going to have to uh, get used to, uh, kind of the new normal. But Arthur Project. Don Clifford that have shown you that he's ready to take that next step as a quarterback. You know, I, 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 I've kind of given this answer before where, you know, I don't necessarily felt like, like some quarterbacks have a glaring weakness in one area. And you say, this is the obvious area that, that we need to get better in. And I think for, for Sean, it's, it's just continuing to grow in his total development a little bit better, you know, really in, in each area. 
And I think that naturally comes with age and maturity and experience. And I think obviously him and, and coach Sharaka have clicked so that that helps, you know, it's also the rapport with the, the wide receivers and the tight ends. Um, obviously, you know, that that's going to be something that's very important and, and that's a challenge because with us, with us not having a bunch of production returning at the wide receiver position, you know, that typically would have been something that we would have really emphasized over the summer, um, you know, with the throwing sessions and things like that. But just everything has been different. Uh, not having spring ball, not having a traditional summer workouts, you know, those were areas that we knew we needed to, uh, you know, we needed to be ready for. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's one expectation for week one. It's going to be a different expectation for week four. Um, but I, I think you're just going to see a, a more experienced, more seasoned guy um, that I think is a little bit more confident, a little bit more comfortable, uh, even even in an uh, in adjusted in an adjusted uh, system. Audrey Snyder. Hey James, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. You too, Audrey. Um, going off, you just mentioned the wide receivers. Um, we learned today that John Dunmore is withdrawn from Penn State. Um, how long have you guys kind of been planning on operating without John? And is there any expectation or any possibility that he could potentially return at some point? Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just take it uh, one day at a time. You know, I, I'm I'm not sure, as you know, you know, with things like this over over six years, I'm I'm not going to get into a whole lot of specifics and details. That's not fair to John and, and his family and I can't I can't predict what the what the future holds. Andrew Porterview. Hey James, thanks for doing this. Um Andrew. you know with with this off season and bringing in a lot of new coaches, um obviously you haven't seen um or haven't interacted with them um the same way as in years past. But what have you seen from Coach Stubblefield um in, in your um interactions with him and what type of energy do you think he'll bring to the coaching staff? So your Wi-Fi is struggling a little bit. I think you, you asked about Coach Stubblefield and the wide receivers. Is that correct? Yeah, Coach, Coach Stubblefield's energy and, and what, do you, what do you think he'll bring to the program? Yeah, it's been good. You know, um, obviously he's an experienced wide receivers coach. And then he obviously has experience in the Big Ten. You know, obviously had a great play in career. Um, and I think that that helps. It really does, you know. I think Coach Troutwine's playing career uh, has helped him, um, you know, with our with our current offensive lineman, and I think it's the same thing with with Coach Stubblefield. So now you can take your years of experience as a coach and couple that with the, your years experience as a player, and then for him specifically in this league. And football coach James Franklin at his uh, post practice press conference last night. Yesterday was practice thirteen. So number 14 is coming up today. They're at the midway point, but there's going to be a point next week where they probably will start to taper and then start really bearing and uh, getting set for game week, which will be Indiana in the opener. So we're 16 days away from that. But some point, probably early to mid-next week, and they'll make the turn from the, quote, training camp part, which has been obviously different this time, to the let's get ready for the opening game part. Uh, this will be a big weekend for them coming up, and it'll probably be a big weekend for them coming up because it'll be probably after this weekend where they start to look around and say, okay, at some point we need to start putting scout teams together. 
So after this weekend, they would probably start doing that. Maybe not right away next week, but by probably, I'd say by Wednesday next week, they'll probably get into some players going to scout team. That's always Those are tough conversations. Uh, all these guys are right there thinking, hey, look, I got a shot to play. Uh, maybe in this particular team with the, with the veterans that they have, maybe not so much, but still those are tough conversations. All right, so that was James Franklin last night. We'll come back with more in a moment. Our high school football roundtable is coming up today. Believe it or not, week five of the high school football season is coming up. We'll do that at 335. And while it's week five for the high school football season in the Valley, here in State College, State I will finally get a chance to play its second game of the year and their first home game of the year coming up tomorrow night. Just thought I'd slip that in, but that's, you know, it's been different here than it has been in other places. Looking forward to our high school football roundtable like we always do as we continue. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. High School Football Roundtable coming up in just a few minutes. Week 5 of the high school season. I mentioned in the previous break that Hey State High is playing at home this week. It's their only home game. The last three are all on the road. <laughs> so that's what they have coming up. But uh, Week 5 coming up. And our usual cast will be in to preview their respective games. Lewisburg won last week which is terrific. Um, and we'll talk to Greg about that. And Seals Grove can't score. I never thought in all the years that we would do these high school roundtables at Seals Grove. I mean, you know, obviously circumstances come into play. But uh, the... But they can't score. That's <laughs> that catches off guard. So uh, the Yankees did not win last night. What did I tell you? Well, Charlie Morton, but Charlie Morton is a—that's a tough matchup for the Yankees. I know he can be a little up and down. The Yankee now the Yankees may come back and win this thing. Right, that's fine. They—they they may do that. All right, but the Yankees over the, have the one thing you can say about the Yankees—they have not been great about developing their own pitchers. They have not been great about it. And that's that is an issue. You know, they paid a lot of money for Tanaka. They paid a lot of money for Cole. They traded for Paxton, who obviously is hurt. You know. They acquired Chapman. To their credit, they were clever about it. But they have not done a good job of developing their own guys. 
You know, this is this is not like the time. Hey, you, you developed Andy Pettit, you developed Ron Guidry, you you know you developed Dave Rigetti. You know they developed those guys. They don't have a lot of those guys here. Hitter wise, they develop a lot of their own people. Labor Torres is fabulous. Aaron Judge, you know, people like that. You know, I mean Brett Gardner, the old veteran, is. Uh, you know, I think Torres can as be can be as well, and they've done a great job. Even though they had to acquire him, but Luke Boyd has turned out to be a good power hitter for them, a decent first baseman. He was being converted to first base here in State College anyway. But that is, um, but they don't develop pitchers in their organizations. Not as if they don't try, but they don't develop their own pitchers. They 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 spend a lot of money going out and acquiring them. And Cole now I realize this year these guys aren't making these numbers, but Cole's thirty six million a year. What they pay for Tanaka, a hundred million? North of it. <laughs> Great. But that's how they've gone about putting their staff together. Yeah, but how much did they pay uh, the Japanese team to acquire his rights? Didn't they have to do that, too? And I don't, and I don't remember at all what the number was, so I'm not even going to pretend that I know. So it's a little more common. Well, look, it's not like the Red Sox didn't do that with with uh, Dice K. Matsuzaka. Now Matsuzaka helped them win the 2007 World Series. In fact, he won. He was the winning pitcher in Game Three of the World Series in 2007. But in the end, in terms of the length of the contract and so forth, I mean, was he worth what they? No, of course not. Plus, they paid a lot of money for a guy named Rosny Castillo, and because of the luxury tax, Castillo actually has been a good player for them. They can't put him on the primary roster because he'll count against the. They'll have to pay the luxury tax. <laughs> okay. He's just been sitting. I mean, he actually Rosny Castillo actually has an apartment in Boston. Now, this is when, of course, they had a minor league season. He had an apartment in Boston because his contract was like for seven years, $72 million, whatever it is, some some number like that. And he drive to Pawtucket every day. <laughs> That's how he did it. Oh, well. Different story, different time. But uh, that's, you know, your team may survive. Um,
Yeah. Well, that's what we're waiting to see with what, what they're going to do. Uh, the ratings are not great, by the way. But get this. Evidently, the Louisiana Tech-BYU game last Friday night had more viewers than the NBA Finals. Wow. Wow. That's a big, big deal. That the NBA Finals were beaten out. Now, I realize that there is a closet... Louisiana Tech fan base out there that is massive? Okay, maybe not. Uh, BYU, maybe not. The college football game last Friday night between Louisiana Tech and BYU beat out the NBA Finals in the ratings. Wow. If, If I'm Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, I don't panic yet. But it better improve by the time they get to Ju- by, uh, by the time they get to June. If it doesn't improve when they're playing the finals next July, when they really essentially have it to themselves, then they've got a problem. Uh, tonight, the Penn State Coaches Show, Guy Godowski, first half hour, second half hour, Terry Smith. We'll talk hockey and Penn State defensive backs. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All that new inventory sitting there that has great deals. What about pre-owned inventory? Maybe that your budget, that's the direction you want to go in, or maybe you prefer it. That's fine. That's great. Well, they have great pre-owned inventory as well. Fabulous selection. Service department there for everything, from major repairs to routine maintenance. Routine maintenance so important. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our high school roundtable. And uh, with that, we're going to start with Zach Showers and Sealands Grove. Zach, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself, Steve? I'm hanging in there. Uh, Zach, uh, it's... I know I said this to you last week, but it's almost stunning to be talking about a Sealands Grove team that can't score because over the years they have, quote, outscored a lot of people. Yeah, it, uh, it really is. This is the um, it was back-to-back weeks with a shutout, and it's the the first time that that's happened actually since last year um, when they shut out were shut out by Jersey Shore and Southern and then they turned around and played Shikalimi the next week and scored 37 points so I think uh, I think Seelands Grove fans and Seelands Grove our c- coaches are hoping for the same thing tomorrow night Amazing uh, Why? What, what's happened? Is it uh, or is it the offensive line? I mean what is it that's kept them? Is it field position? Is it bad breaks? So they get a drive going and then they stall? What's happened? 
Well, it's it's been a combination. It seems like it's a different thing every week. Um, the one consistent, the offensive line, yes, has has really really struggled um, to pick up assignments to to move the ball with any level of consistency. Um, and I think you know some teams you have teams um, you know that are more prepared to kind of grind out drives, and you have teams that are able to make some explosive plays. And sometimes. Um, the ability to do one or the other can really bail you out if you're struggling. And unfortunately for Salem's Grove, they haven't really had any explosive plays uh, since week one when Nate Schoen went down with an injury, and they just haven't been able to string together drives at all. Um, last week, they they were a little bit more committed to the running game, and when things came on um, late in the fourth quarter, when they were out of the game was out of reach, but Jersey Shore still had some of their starters in. Um, they were able to move the ball a little bit, and I wouldn't call it necessarily a wear-down effect, but because they stuck with that, they were able to move the ball. Um, but a couple weeks ago, it was not being able to take advantage of opportunities. Um, and another thing, too, is they've just – the defense has had to be on the field so much, and when you have a lot of guys that are playing both ways, it makes it really difficult when they use so much energy on defense and then come to offense, and um, it's the – just tough to get going a little bit. What would it mean to them? And I, I probably asked you this last week. I mean, what would it mean to them to get a score, to get in the end zone? What What would that do just for the sideline? Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. That's a that's a huge factor tomorrow night. Um, I know that can kind of be cliche about who gets up first and things, but with the way the offense has struggled, um, the the defense has just been exerting so much so much effort to almost have to play perfect um and last week was the same thing they were actually they held jersey shore scoreless they forced a turnover um they were playing uh, they played as hard as they did all year in the first quarter and a half of the game but the fact that they weren't able to capitalize on those opportunities um I i think tomorrow night to get a score would provide some confidence it would also give the defense a little shot in the arm to know that hey we don't need to play a hundred percent perfect here um, we can just go out and do our thing what about the significance of the rivalry here yeah it's it's big i think uh most times when you're sitting week five and you have two teams that are one and three um it's not actually it's not a real big game um and Whenever you're playing Schick, I, I think Seelens Grove knows that they're going to get Shikalimi's best shot, and I think Shikalimi knows that they're going to get Seelens Grove's best shot. And uh, to have that, to be able to find um, maybe a, a positive and a launching point for the second half of the season, um, it, it, it's it's a big game. And I think with being able to get a get a few more fans back there tomorrow night. I think everybody's looking forward to a fun atmosphere, and I think uh, what should be a pretty pretty good game between two imperfect teams, but two teams that are really looking to get going the rest of the season. Well, our broadcast team is perfect, so it's great to have everybody on board. <laughs> Zach, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. It'll be on Eagle 107 tomorrow night. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. All right, let's transition to Greg Wetzel now. Greg, welcome. Great to have you with us. Uh, coming off a win. Uh, so what really keyed, sat- what keyed Saturday night? It was wonderful Saturday night. Uh, I think they want to play Saturday nights all the time now. <laughs> Believe. <laughs> it was, it was a, a game, Steve, where uh, 
Lewisburg won the turnover battle. They blocked a punt. They intercepted a pass. Uh, got great field position on, in both cases. Uh, they were able to run the ball. They threw for close to 150 yards in two scores. Uh, it, was, it was just nice to see things click offensively. But that being said, they gave up 28 points. So they needed all those 35 points to win the game. Well, you know what, though, Greg? The old cliche that we talk about, well, you got to win the turnover battle, you got to win special teams. This is why. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you, and you know, I, I don't know if I talked to you about this. I think I have in the past. But the, my broadcast partner, Justin Michaels, and myself, we always talk about, you know, it doesn't matter what the score is, these kids play hard. And, you know, they had to play hard for four quarters because Lewisburg scored with less than a minute to go in the game to go ahead. And um, the, the seniors, senior leadership just kind of took over, and they, they didn't want to lose that game. And, and the seniors came through at the end of the game. And that makes a big difference. And that, that has to at least change the tone in practice this week. It just has to. You could talk all you want about, oh, no, our kids are pushing forward. But winning changes a lot of things. Oh, it, it does, Steve. And, you know, usually on Tuesday nights when I go to practice and I talk to the coach, this week I told the coach, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to your players. And I got four the four captains on the team. And they were they were just – they were still excited from the win on Saturday night. They had a good Tuesday practice, and they were still excited for that win on Saturday night. All right. Uh, defensively, giving up the 28, it makes it more exciting. It's a more exciting broadcast. Uh, no sure. question about that. But <laughs> you'd like to get a little better control of the game. So for them to play better defense, where does that have to come from? Is it a defensive cohesion issue, or is it a spot in the field issue? It's um, it's really they have played some wonderful tailback, Steve, all year, and I think yeah. every high school team can pretty much say that's one of their better athletes is going to be their tailback, and they have run up against four really good tailbacks. This Hunter Wolfie kid that played for Midwest is is no exception, and and what it is is missed tackles in the backfield uh, at the line of scrimmage. If they can make those tackles, they're putting this team other teams in second and ten, third and long situations. And Lewisburg's pass defense is probably the strength of of their team. And uh, they, they haven't been able to do that this year. They've always been in short situations, third and two, uh, second and four, things like that. So being able to stop the run really has to play an important part in in their defense, team defense. All right, so what about this week? Uh, there's certainly confidence going into it, but what do they have to do this week to get control of this one? Well, number one, they have to play their best game of the year, bar none. They have to be, yeah. because Montoursville is probably the most well-balanced team that they'll see all year. I, I don't, I'm not saying they're the best team, but they'll be the most well-balanced team in terms of throwing the football and running the yep. football. Yep. They have to win the turnover battle. And quite honestly, Steve, they have to hope Montoursville is looking past this game to whoever they may play next and and not be as sharp as they've been this year because uh, if you look at comparative scores, this this game shouldn't be close. But uh, Lewisburg needs to play really well, control the ball, 
have these 12, 13 play drives that eat up the clock and keep the ball away from Montoursville. Right, and that, that'll be important because Montoursville's balance oh. makes you guess all night long. All night long, and they and they have another great tailback. Uh, the tailback gained over 200 yards against Danville last week, and so Lewisburg knows they have a, a tough job. But again, it's high school, Steve. You don't know. You know, momentum plays yeah. such a huge part in a lot of these these games, and Lewisburg gets some turnovers, an early score. You don't know what's going to happen. You, you know, and they have that win under the belt, a little confidence now. Yep, you and I talk about that all the time. All yep, the time. That's for sure. Yep. Greg, yeah, that's for Greg, sure. Thanks, Greg. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Tell uh, Justin we said hi. Appreciate you very much. We'll do that. Okay, take care, Steve. Have a good one. You too. I'm 100.9 The Valley. Dave Ritchie, the Chief, Shikalemi, Sealands Grove. I will actually lead off with this question that I ended with Zach Showers. Shikalemi, Sealands okay. Grove. What do you think? What do you think the rivalry means? It's always been probably the best rivalry in the Susquehanna Valley. They uh, the kids see each other all the time. There's a lot of uh, Shikalemi, uh, Northumberland, Sunbury people that now live in the Seals Grove district. So it's not just the fact that you've got a neighboring school. You also have families that are involved. Uh, families uh, whose uh, Dads and moms were Shikalemi grads, and now they're, the kids are playing ball down there. So it's 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 for bragging rights. It's uh, I, I would say one of the uh, one of the biggest rivalries, probably bigger now than the Shimokin Mount Carmel rivalry. I would even go that far to say that. Really? All right. Yep, so it's a big one. Sealands Grove, and I said this to Zach a couple of times. I never thought in doing this show that when we would do the high school roundtable, we'd talk about Sealands Grove's inability to score. I never thought, never thought I'd talk about that. But we are. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I uh, agree with you. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, you have to be surprised by this. So what does an early score in a game like this mean against a program that is struggling to score? Well... I, I think I said last week that uh, in the Milton game, Shikalemi scored first. And Milton struggled to score, and after that, Shikalemi pretty well dominated the second half. So I would think that the same thing would apply here. I think it's, it's – uh, unfortunately, I didn't hear Zach's uh, commentary, but he does such a fantastic job that I'm sure he mentioned the fact that they haven't scored in eight quarters. So yes, Shikalemi yep. could get on top uh, – like they did against Shimokin. I mean, I don't know if you know it, Steve, but they were up 13 nothing in the first quarter. Shikalemi was up on Shimokin 13-0, and Shimokin came back. If Shikalemi could do that to Seals Grove um, and, and then hold on, all right, and, and not get uh, beat on some big plays, uh, it would mean a, an awful lot. I'm sure of that. Although, although there are teams that uh, they just are resilient, and they're They've been uh, in. They've been uh, taught to just keep fighting, like Shemokin did. And Ranowski's kids never gave up, and they just uh, did an excellent job of coming back and storming ahead. And I think Seals Grove could do that too. Yeah, I know it's four games in. I know what the record is. It's one and three. But where are they better now than they were in early September? 
Oh, defensive. Uh, and I, they just had 41 points scored against them. But against the run, the Braves have gotten better. Um, they've, you know, they're, they're, again, the injury problem. Uh, they, they've lost their safety, and you have to get somebody back there to play that position. That means you're going to move maybe a corner around or even an outside backer back in that position. And it takes a while to adjust. So defensive-wise, I, I thought I thought they played solid against the run. And a couple times there were some blown assignments. I a lot of people don't realize this, but they really didn't try to run the ball until the second half against Shemokin, and when they did, they were successful. They went back, they went from a spread formation back to the standard wing tee, and they and they ran the ball fairly well against Shemokin. So, uh, I what the other thing I like uh, I like seeing is the fact that there are more people around the ball carrier on the tackle now than I've ever seen at Shikoli for a long time. Uh, there's a you know. A lot of people going through the ball and helping out, and that that goes a long way in in stopping a team on three downs. All right. So, what are the, your your opinion? What do they have to do to win this? I mean, there's a lot of emotion with this, but what do they need to do to win it? Well, I think uh, Coach Kaiser, with the changing his offense, something more to think about. And if they can, if they could execute uh, their spread offense and throw in their wing tee and control the football, uh, that's a big key. Shemokin beat uh, Seals Grove by holding on to the football, and I think that's what the Braves have to do. They've got to uh, you know, be able to offensively control, control the, the ball game that way. Defensively, they've got to get their passing defense straightened out. Uh, not so much the rush, but the protection in, in the uh, defensive backfield. Uh, that's, I'm sure that Seals Grove's going to test them on that. So, um, uh, I, 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 those, those are the two things that I think are important. Their, um, their kicking game is, has been solid, and the one thing that that I am very, very uh, proud of these kids is they're averaging only about ten yards in penalties a game. That shows me number one uh, concentration on listening to the count, concentration on watching the ball from the line of scrimmage when you're on defense and, you know, not doing anything that's illegal as far as personal foul. And the Braves uh, last year had a lot of difficulty with that. This year, if you think about it, 10 yards per game, 40, 40 yards in penalties over four games, uh, I bet you there wouldn't be any team that wouldn't want that statistic. Exactly. Agree with you. Dave, always a pleasure. Appreciate your time and uh, your work very much. Well, I hope I hope about another win, so uh, yeah. it could be this week because they're you know, they're fired up, and uh, I'm sure Steelers goes fired up. So it'll be it's always a fun game, and there's going to be a lot of media coverage there too. Yeah, a lot of media coverage, and uh, what maybe more fans? Yeah, uh, the, the plan is uh, Tim Ford, athletic director. The plan was they were going to go to 1,200 people at the game, and last I heard, they were going to offer. Well, they, they were going to offer. Seniors and seniors, and then what they didn't want, they were going to offer to the sophomores and freshmen. And if I'm not mistaken, okay. I think all the players got four tickets. So you're That's going to have, you're going to see more people in the stands this week. That's great. All right, yes, Dave. Thanks so much. Appreciate it very much. Thank, thank you, Steve. Have a good day. You too, Dave Ritchie, the Chief, joining Kevin Hur on News Radio 1070 WKOK with the broadcast tomorrow night. Rivalries are fun. They're fun. Like the Tampa Bay Yankees rivalry.
No. Well, it's because your people are consumed with hate. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. So, a lot coming up tomorrow night. Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley. Yeah, Montoursville. And Sealands Grove, Shikolimi. You want the play-by-play of what's going on, you'll listen to Eagle 107. You want the commentary of Dave Ritchie, you listen to News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Wait a minute, did I phrase that right? <laughs> that was awful. I won awards. <laughs> so if you uh, want to hear the Shikolimi broadcast, Kevin and the Chief will be on News Radio 1070 WKOK. If you want to hear the Shikolimi broadcast, it's on Eagle 107. And again, those broadcasts more uh, important than ever. Reason that they're more important than ever is that they're going to limit it to what this day said, what, 1,200 fans? You know, if you're. If you're limiting it to 1,200 fans, that means that that's your outlet. Now, do you have a game tomorrow? Oh, there you go, everybody. Good. You got Matt calling the game. Very nice. So, do they group all of you in the same booth? Are they going to spread you out? How's that going to work? Okay. All right. So obviously preferred treatment. The problem I have is is that he makes Dave sit outside. I, I just don't like that. 